When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Baseball Insiders. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Fansiders MLB Insider Robert Murray. And the comments are already pouring in asking for trade deadline predictions. Get the business rolling, and that's why we are more than happy to be here. Uh, we are so psyched to be approaching the trade deadline, kind of, in the two-month home stretch. We're getting there. We're going to talk about teams trending up, trending down, and trending sideways, as well as a few MLB beefs and controversies this week. And yes, Seth, we will certainly mention your Cardinals more than once, and they are in the correct column this time around instead of when we're worrying about the Wilson Contreras situation imploding. And with me, as always, to talk all this through is Fansiders MLB insider Robert Murray. How you doing, man? I'm great, man. Internet is finally back up and working. That obviously burner is why we're a little bit late today. My internet was being all wonky, but it's back now. I'm in a good mood again. It's always good being here with you, my guy. Always good being here, and uh, I look, I'm going to be real honest with you. I had a minute to draft up a pre-show tweet. Um, I, we hit disaster mode. I drafted it up, uh, then I forgot, uh, you know, the I, I grabbed the wrong link, and then I put the right link in there, and then I deleted it, and I forgot everything I was going to say. So now it's up. We're rolling. We are so pumped to talk to you about the last week or so in Major League Baseball. And before we really get rolling, though, I just want to give everybody a special heads up. Uh, by the way, we crossed 1,000 subscribers on YouTube this past week. Huge for us. Uh, we are so indebted to all of you. We're excited about the direction the podcast is going and all the momentum we have. Thanks to all of you. We also have a special promo for you for the podcast on DraftKings these days. This is brand new as of today, and it is for new DraftKings users and Baseball Insiders listeners only. If you do not yet have a DraftKings account, now is the time. Make sure to use the promo code at sign up, Baseball Insider. That's singular, Baseball Insider, no spaces, just Baseball Insider. That's your promo code at sign up. That is for all baseball fans and DraftKings users in Kansas, Illinois, and New York. If you haven't signed up, you could just deposit and place a $5 or more wager on any sport. You'll instantly get $150 added to your account in bonus bets. Whether you win or lose, you will still get the bonus as long as you use the code Baseball Insider at sign up. Uh, it supports the pod. It gets you that bonus, and that's first-time users only. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21-plus physically present in Kansas, Illinois, New York. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. If you, or you, if, you, ooh, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois or 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. 
And if you are trying to be a better, uh, you would probably do better listening to yourself than listening to our preseason takes. Robert Murray, we are we're gonna be talking about some teams trending up now that are finally matching our preseason predictions for them. And uh, I guess that makes us look better, right? It kind of, kind of does, but still, like, I was looking at the standings today, and it was just like, holy crap, I was still pretty far off on a decent amount of these. Uh, I know we're going to be talking about the Guardians in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but like, the Cardinals are finally showing signs of life, Adam. And it's like we're slowly starting to see signs of what this team could be. We're looking at, um, I mean, what, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games they ended up having Wilson Contreras go back as their catcher. Looks like the dude that they thought they were end up getting, um, especially with, like, at the plate. We've also heard some signs about Cardinals catchers bullying the umpires, which I don't necessarily know what that means. Um, but they're showing signs of life. It's encouraging. Their offense really kind of showed up against the Dodgers, um, which they definitely needed. Um and if Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt, along with Wilson Contreras, can, can continue to contribute like this, then they're going to be one of the most dangerous teams in the National League. And it may not be long until they're leading the NL Central. The St. Louis Cardinals are my number one team trending up. And yeah, you know it's a good series for you if Max Muncie and the Dodgers leave it complaining about something, you know, some umpiring nonsense behind the plate and being intimidated by those bloodthirsty Cardinals. If that's the narrative, then you know you've done something right. Uh, you should have buried the Cardinals when you had the chance. They are 21 and 27 now, which I'm not going to throw a parade for being six games under 500, but they're five games out of the central. The Brewers now have a negative run differential atop the division and the Cardinals are in third at plus 18. That's the second best in the division. Three runs behind the Cubs who are now tied for third place with the cards, five games out of the division and four games out of the wild card. In terms of teams trending up, I'm looking at the New York Mets, who had some of the most exciting wins of this past week. Uh, Scherzer and Verlander took care of a double header yesterday against the guards. Huge walk off comeback. Uh, you know, Lindor had a big walk off, big time, erasing a huge deficit with an Alonzo Grand Slam on Friday night. And the Houston Astros are 11 and four in their last 15. I'm still not sure how to categorize them because you bring up some good points here in, in sort of honestly harshing the Astros mellow a little bit, uh, but there are still key pieces yet to be contributing there. And one of them is Jose Abreu, who's done next to nothing. But do two of these three teams make the postseason? All three? I mean, how are you feeling now that we're rounding into the end of May and Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, I still think all three of these teams make the postseason. You look at the Cardinals, I still think they're like, they're, they're super talented. And I would fully expect to answer Seth's question that they're going to add at least one, possibly two arms at the deadline. Um, they could definitely use some help and more arms there for sure. Um, the Astros are the Astros. Like they are the cream of the crop. Like the fact that they're doing this well and they've not gotten hardly any contributions at all from Jose Abreu and Michael Brantley says a lot about that team overall. Um, so I'm surely thinking that they're going to probably win that division, even though the Rangers look very good. Um, and then the Mets, like this is the team. If there was any team that I thought could miss the postseason of this group, it would be them, uh, just because of the questions that surround them on a roster and especially the state of the rotation. But, um, we got to see that Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander still have a lot of ability from their most recent outings. Um, but it all just going to hinge on 
um, the health of that rotation. And if they are indeed healthy, then I think they make the postseason. What about you? I agree. How funny is it, though, that the Mets are the one where we're like, if you had to say two out of three, they're the one that's going to drop out. And that doesn't include the six games under 500 Cardinals team that we're still like, yeah, I believe in them. Um, The the turnaround in St. Louis has been so massive. Um, And I know you actually pinpointed another team here, too, that you believe is trending up and in the right direction. Uh, that may be flying under the radar for some people because, you know, if you're out on the East Coast, maybe you're not watching every day. Maybe your impression of the San Francisco Giants is that, oh, they didn't get the big fish this offseason in free agency. So why am I going to be watching Michael Conforto and wait for Mitch Hanniger to get off the IL? But they may have stumbled into something here, too. Yeah. So I was I was t- texting with my dad earlier this morning and he was asking if we were going to be talking about the Giants and their young guys. And I told him I, don't, I, I didn't think so. And he was giving me a lot of flack for it. <laughs> And it's like the more you look at this team, they're actually like they got they got pieces. They got these young guys. Uh, Casey Schmidt has been awesome since he got called up. He's been a, a real revelation there in the infield. Called up Patrick Bailey, um, their top catching prospect, and who I believe was Farhan Zaidi's first draft pick in San Francisco. Um, they really like his ability there at catcher, and it's basically been a youth movement in San Francisco and makes you wonder when exactly they're going to be calling out Kyle Harrison still kind of TBD on when that's going to be. Um, But they're trending in the right direction. And after their off season, which was a big swing and miss um, the fact that they're still this competitive and um, in it, in the national league West is a testament to that front office and also their coaching staff, but also especially the players. The Patrick Bailey thing is such a pump the brakes moment for the fans and the way they treat draft picks when they selected him 13th overall in 2020, you could hear everybody saying all these armchair draft analysts going, all right, but don't they have Joey Bart already? Why are you going to use a first round pick on a catcher again? And well, I think every Giants, you know, everyone in the Giants front office would have been happy if Joey Bart had panned out and been the heir to Buster Posey immediately. But there's a chance that he isn't. And there's a chance that Patrick Bailey is. And, and if Bailey develops into that guy and Bart doesn't, they're not going to be kicking themselves for trying it twice no exactly and i remember after they ended up drafting patrick bailey um there was a stretch there for at least a year or so i thought the giants were going to trade joey bart it there was a lot of rumblings about it behind the scenes and i thought it was kind of destined to happen but the giants never really got the value that they were looking for um it remains to be seen even if joey Bart can put it all together he's uber talented but at the major league level he struggled and that's, that was a difficult thing for him uh, when he was called up. He was supposed to be the replacement for Buster Posey, and he was being talked about. If all goes, if all went well, he was going to be one of the best catchers in baseball. It hasn't gone to that, or hasn't gone that way, I should say. Um, I still think he's got it in him, but Patrick Bailey's presence. It, uh, I mean, if if Bart does not like bounce back once he returns, um, then it could be Patrick Bailey's job to lose. I remember there was a Twitter rumor in summer 21 at that deadline that he, that Bart was the centerpiece of the Chris Bryant trade and he was going to the Cubs. And I think a lot of us were kind of like, Whoa, like that was a bit of a a shock to the system to see his name thrown about that ended up being not true. uh, An improper report. Shocker. There was improper reporting at the deadline, but um, that's never happened before. Has it? No first time last time. And, and surely this trade deadline Twitter is going to be as sanitized as it's ever been because we've got uh, you can I'm buy it. I'm dreading it. I'm dreading it. The no oh, it'll check. Be awful. Is, it'll be awful. 
Yeah, I like I'm not kidding you. It feels weird because like my check mark is not there anymore. And there's sometimes it's like, is that a fake Robert Murray account tweeting that? And I'm like, wait, no, wait, no, that's actually me. Wait, hang on a second. It's it's just really strange. It's really weird. Every time you talk to me, I assume it's a fake Robert Murray account being nice. But that's why uh, that's why you got to chime in and check in on the baseball insiders as the deadline approaches, because uh, I can guarantee you the Robert Murray that we have live is the actual Robert Murray. That is true. Last time I checked, I am indeed Robert Murray. So we, we, we got that going for us, Adam. Sources confirm the sources are me and as, and also you as well. Um, before we uh, before we move on to the team's trending down a little bit, I do want to give you a chance. Uh, while we're talking Cardinals up top, it feels like probably the right time to open it up and talk about Rick Hummel, uh, who they announced his uh, you know legendary Cardinal scribe, Hall of Famer, honoree in the same class. He accepted his award for sports writing in the same year as Tony Gwynn and uh, Cal Ripken Jr. back in 07, and that seems fitting. Uh, Hummel passed away earlier today. The announcement was today, um, and it was a very short illness, reportedly. But I know that you, uh, you know, have a, have a lot to say here. Yeah, um, I got to spend a lot of time around Rick Hummel when I was on the Brewers beat. I remember uh, I read him since I was like 16 when I was just getting into baseball, and I remember I was at Miller Park, well then Miller Park, um, and I saw him, and I was absolutely terrified to go up to him i mean a, just as happy as you can possibly imagine um like old man and i told tom Hodricord, i was just like i'm really nervous but like can you help me like like get an introduction here and i went up to him and he could not have been nicer he's super supportive i uh, was asking a lot of questions about me and i was trying to get some advice from him too and every single time i saw him like, he was super helpful and such a super kind and i will tell you Sharing a press box with Tom Hodricourt is an experience. I wish anybody and everybody could do that, but experiencing a press box with Hodricourt and Rick Hummel together is pretty wild. Um, it was a it was a really good time. Uh, a lot of good memories there for sure. Um, I just there was a really good story written today by Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Like those two are like best friends. They were colleagues forever. Um, I highly recommend reading it. But just all my thoughts go to. Uh, Derek Gould, everybody with the Cardinals, everybody around the Cardinals and his family. Um, that's a big loss for baseball. Yeah, the the Derek Gould piece, everybody should read and, and we'll make sure Robert retweeted it. But everybody get it. If you get a chance to read that, you should. And there's a great segment in there that just excerpts the way that Hummel covered the 82 World Series that, that you know, a very famous St. Louis lead. Uh, that's like a dream team for for a beat writer, a bunch of disparate pieces like a lot like what the Miami Heat are doing right now in the NBA, honestly, like people who were counted out, people who other teams did not want, discarded players, like playing a new brand of the sport, relying on speed rather than power. Like all of these unique elements he, he was able to twist so effortlessly into a lead celebrating, uh, you know, some teams win a World Series and you're like, yeah, they won 110 games in the regular season. Like the Astros just bashed everybody's brains in. You know, that's great. I'm sure, Houston fans love it, but some teams really capture the imagination and that imagination is heightened by a great writer like Rick Hummel. So I seriously recommend everybody read that and uh, shout out to one of the greatest for sure. Um, oh. Yeah. Now, now sadly um, we uh, we'll move on to the teams that are trending down a little bit. These teams confused uh, the heck out of me. And in, in our preseason predictions, I think we were a little bit split on the guardians and twins, uh, but certainly it does feel like the twins roster is beginning to distinguish itself in the central and the guardians roster, especially on offense is being able to distinguish itself in the opposite direction. They were the 
not the beneficiaries, but they were the recipients of a beatdown at City Field this weekend, getting the Mets back on track. And the Toronto Blue Jays are in last place in the AL Central. Uh, they're still over five uh, AL Central. They, they would be in first place in the AL Central, but they're in last place in the AL East. Uh, there's still a few games over 500. There, there may not be a traditional last place team in the AL East all year. All of these over 500 teams fighting it out. But the Blue Jays, the Orioles went on the road. Right after the Yankees went on the road, taught them a lesson. The Orioles went on the road and really taught them a lesson this week, winning two tight extra innings games back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. I don't think uh, – it seems like you're not too worried about them yet. And obviously an over 500 team at the end of May, you can't write them off. But brutal weekend. Brutal week for the Blue Jays in Toronto, and the Guardians are probably a bigger concern right now. Yeah, I'm not writing off the Blue Jays at all. I think they're just they're uber talented, and eventually it's going to turn around. Um, I mean, it's still they're over 500. That entire division in the AL East is absolutely just nuts right now. And I still I'm just waiting for the day that the Red Sox kind of regress to the mean because um, I don't know if anybody necessarily expected this to happen. Um, like this, I mean, just with losing Xander Bogarts and Trevor Story and the fact that they're still this competitive, that's a huge shout out to Alex Cora, but also Haim Bloom. Those guys took a lot of shit. Um, and their ability to like, like kind of keep this ship going is really impressive. But the the Guardians, on the other hand, they they are uh they're they're a scary bunch right now. They are what, six or seven games under five hundred right now trending in the complete wrong direction. Um, that division, I mean, the twins are good, but like, if you look at the rest of the division, it's kind of just up in the air. You can basically count out the Royals and the White Sox right now. Um, boy, I mean, you can't give up on a team, especially with the talent that Cleveland has, but it's just not encouraging right now. Um, I don't know. That's, they're not giving me many reasons to buy into what they're selling right now. No, they're six games under with a minus 34 run differential. They've been passed uh, in the loss column specifically by the Detroit Tigers for second place. Minnesota is underperforming those peripherals. Right? They're 25 and 22, but they have a plus 43 and are 28-19 for expected win-loss. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like the Twins can't be caught, but by golly, the, the Guardians are trying to make it seem as if the Twins can't be caught. It does make me wonder for a second. We haven't targeted them as sellers quite enough, and I know we can't do it yet, but Ahmed Rosario could help the Dodgers, some middle infield needy teams. He's a free agent this offseason. So even if they don't do anything drastic like sell Bieber, Rosario's future is probably, he's probably not getting paid by the Guardians, and you have to wonder if they explore that. No, and I think that is a really, really, really good shot by you, uh, mentioning Shane Bieber. That is one I have been having my eyes on this seemingly for the last two years because the Guardians have a history of trading starting pitching before they really have to like pay it big dollars. They did it with Trevor Bauer. They did it with Mike Clevenger. Um, there was another one in there, too. I'm forgetting. Um, I, I know they traded Carlos Carrasco, but I don't necessarily think he falls into that category. Yeah. But, um, Bieber seems like a strong candidate to be dealt at some point. I'm not going to say this deadline, but like it fits what the guardians uh, have done in the past. And there would be no shortage of teams whatsoever. That would be in on, um, on Shane Bieber. I think, I think 
the Cardinals can make sense. I think there could be just a plethora of like contending teams that could be um, intrigued by them. Um, I also wondered about the, the San Diego Padres in years past. I don't necessarily know if they could pull that off right now because um, they've committed a lot of dollars and also spent a lot of or traded a lot of their prospects. Um, and I think Jackson Merrill be, may be a little bit too rich for that one. But um, the Ahmed Rosario Dodgers connection was a good one because I still think they're going to be in the shortstop market. And if they had it their way, I am very confident that Willie Adamas would be their number one option. I have said that on numerous different occasions, and I'll say it again. The Dodgers love Willie Adamas. Um, the Brewers just aren't in a position to uh, to necessarily sell. Um, but like here, also, here, this is another one. Um, oh, boy. Thank you, Gustavo Sanchez, for that. Uh, I, I appreciate you. Um, but I wonder if there is any scenario in which the White Sox could consider trading Dylan Cease, the Brewers mm-hmm. could consider trading Corbin Burns, and the Guardians can consider trading Shane Bieber. That would turn the deadline upside down. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. I think that might be more of an off-season conversation, but um, the next 6 to 12 months in the rumor mill could be extremely fascinating. Bieber to the Yankees last year was like my last ditch wild card trade deadline prediction. It it did not happen. And the Yankees played the Guardians in the postseason. So way off. But maybe I was off by just one year in terms of him hitting the market unexpectedly. And it's possible that the St. Louis Cardinals, if they stay red hot after featuring them in this top segment, can play Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas into contention for the rest of the field to come pick him up. Um, yeah, God, I mean, you got to cross your fingers and hope for it because we, we need a big old we need a big old deadline this year. And you mentioned the San Diego Padres. Uh, I couldn't fit them into trending up or trending down just because they're, they're just trending nothing. Uh, they're they're stuck in neutral. Another dull weekend series against the Boston Red Sox that Chris Sale comes in there and looks vintage, but they don't really put up much of a fight. Uh, Kenley Jansen's ninth inning pitch plot in a game where he saved a two run lead on, on Saturday is just the, the pitches are either foot and a half off the plate or directly down the middle. He was begging for the Padres to storm back and take that one. And they just couldn't do anything with Kenley in, in that game. And they lose two out of three. They, they blast off yesterday. I don't know if Rugneto door and Matt Carpenter beating up Corey Kluber is necessarily a sustainable model for getting back into the NL West race, but so far the Padres just aren't, clicking and it's not one player and it's not one thing and it's a little bit of joe musgrove who they need more from and it's a little bit of blake snell who they need more from and that offense has to get in gear they are one of the worst risk teams in the game but there's just something something missing and overall it's it's been a little disheartening to see a team like the padres not get rewarded for going all in this offseason they're just sort of stuck in the mud and i don't know if you're faith has changed in them at all i'm trying to figure out how i want to phrase this one because i have not lost faith but i also have questions um it's it's not going to be a simple fix for this uh for aj preller because they need they need quality depth they need their starting pitching to step up they need catching upgrades uh because austin nola and the rest of the crew that they have there is not getting it done um not in the slightest and it makes you it makes you wonder what exactly AJ Preller can do to, to fix this. But that being said, he is one of the most creative GMs in baseball. 
So you can't put anything past him, but it's going to be difficult because he's traded a lot of their top prospects. Their farm system still has some pieces in it for sure, but it's not what it once was. Um, and on the major league roster, you got to imagine their, their stars are going to step up. They're going to perform. They're going to end up, um, it, it, they have a very high floor, which is why I'm buying into them and buying into the fact that they're going to be able to turn this around, but it's just, it's not going to be easy and it's going to take um, a really good manager to get this turned around too. And that's why having a guy like Bob Melvin or a guy like Chase Tingler or Andy green is a really good thing for the Padres They're They have the pieces internally, uh, especially in the leaders leadership positions to turn this around but it's going to take a village effort because um, the Dodgers are really good. Uh, the Diamondbacks are like surprising. The Giants are like, I mean, they're, they're looking pretty good. I mean, the Rockies, well, <laughs> yeah, not great, but I, I still think the Padres are going to contend for that division. I still think maybe not necessarily a division title is, is going to end up being the most likely thing, but I still think they're going to be in a strong position to make the postseason. I have to agree because I don't want to not agree, but I'm I am worried about the San Diego Padres and the offense has just been so surprisingly limp. Um, we're gonna move on to a couple quick hitters, a couple of controversies, but before we do that, another reminder that if you are a new customer of DraftKings, someone who does not have an account yet, and you live in Kansas, Illinois, New York, we're pumped to share the great news with you that you can sign up and take advantage of a limited time promo for new users. Just deposit, place a $5 or more wager on any sport. You'll instantly get $150 added to your account in bonus bets. Whether you win or lose, you'll get the bonus. All you have to do is use the code BASEBALLINSIDER at signup. That's code BASEBALLINSIDER at signup. You get the bonus. You support the podcast. You get a redo just like Kevin Gossman was hoping for uh, after facing Domingo Herman. He said, we want our three innings back. You get your $5 or more back as long as you sign up with the code baseball insider this offer is only available for new customers who are 21 plus physically present kansas illinois and new york please remember to always gamble responsibly if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 8778 hope and wire text hope and why 467-369 in new york 1-800-GAMBLER in illinois or 1-800-522-4700 in kansas check the rest of the episode description for the full terms of the offer catch those springtime vibes all over arizona Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, New York's long nightmare is over. Maybe those people are more likely to start a DraftKings account today. Uh, The Yankees and Red Sox make a minor trade, sending Greg Allen to the Yankees on Friday night. And somehow that is the straw that breaks the camel's back and gets Aaron Hicks DFA'd. Of all things, to get the Yankees to eat $27.6 million over the next 2.75 years and get Hicks off the roster, it's a trade for pinch-running defensive specialist Greg Allen. Uh, Did you see this coming? Did you think they were actually going to eat that money? And uh, what is the next step for Aaron Hicks after being the longest-tenured Yankees player? which is crazy, but he's been there since 2016 entering this season. We also have news. Not my own breaking news, but this has happened and the team just announced it. Hunter Dozier got DFA'd by the Kansas City Royals only a couple years after signing a four-year $25 million extension, which also is kind of perfect timing because we're also going to be talking about, or we're also talking about teams eating money and moving on from players that they've extended. Um, I'll have thoughts on Dozier in a little bit. I got to put them together, but with Aaron Hicks, he, that was something that the Yankees, they had to do. Um, it was time. His comments suggested that he was not happy with his role in New York. He was very clear about that. And it was weird that Greg Allen of all players was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. But, um, I still think that, Aaron Hicks is going to have a market. He's good against left-handers, um, can be a platoon outfield bat, um, like capable defender for sure. Um, he's, I mean, he's, he can perform. Uh, I think some team is going to take a chance because all it's going to take is signing him to a veteran's minimum contract, which there's no risk in that whatsoever. Um, but that was absolutely the right move, I think, for both sides. And a change of scenery could be the best thing for uh, Aaron Hicks because that was just it was just time. The Dozier DFA comes at the perfect time to just examine it, it's it's the Yankees were acting like it was the craziest thing in the world to eat this money and and let Hicks out of his contract and let him seek a new opportunity. If the Royals are willing to do it for Hunter Dozier, then clearly it's not that crazy. And you know, whether Greg Allen was the impetus or not, uh, you know they were going to have to do it someday. Better they did it in May and waited too long. I do like this new world where the Yankees and Red Sox are making trades, though. Um, it's probably not going to happen again for a long time, but Nick Pavetta just demoted to the uh, bullpen in Boston. Isaiah Connor-Falefa kind of playing this weird uh, utility role, playing left field for $6.5 million. Maybe Boston wants a shortstop or a, an infield backup. I don't know. I'm just uh, building trades that are never going to happen. That, that's what I do. Uh, I sign off the podcast and I invent trades that are never going to happen, but Ottavino deal a couple of years ago. Greg Allen on Friday. Why not dream big? I would not get your hopes up of those two teams making <laughs> deals. Uh, yeah, that that is. I think it's more likely that pigs fly that uh, are than those teams consistently making trades together. But who knows? Um, the Greg Allen one was super minor, obviously, but the Ottavino trade years ago um, that was a rule that kind of caught me off guard. Um, I remember seeing that. I think it was Lindsay Adler who reported that. I don't know why I remember that stuff, but like I just do. I remember her tweeting that and it was just like, huh, that's, that's, that's odd. Um, but I would, I would not get your hopes up on those teams starting to be like consistent trade partners. So I'm sorry, Adam. 
Well, it is what it is. Look, I, I don't like the Sox roster, so I guess I don't want to plunder it. They, they were buying, a, they bought Ottavino's money because we sent them relief prospects with him. And then those guys didn't really pan out. And so I think that's probably a deterrent. I don't think we're ever going to do it again. Um, wouldn't be a podcast with me without bringing up the beef. Got two beeves. Beeves? Plural beef to bring up from the past week. I, I mean, we talked about the Blue Jays ad nauseum last week. They're, they're Aaron Judge cheating accusations. And I thought you and I like got through it. And we all agreed, like, look. If he was looking at a coach who was signaling stuff, obviously you'd be frustrated in the moment, but there's nothing abnormal about that. It's been happening for 150 years. Then on the Powell Territory podcast, Lance Lynn, the active White Sox pitcher, said he would have drilled Aaron Judge if he caught him looking sideways and said, quote, that's the only way to stop it. Stop. Stop what? What, what, what is this man talking about? There is absolutely nothing to stop. It is... This is this is what happened. Jay Jackson was tipping his pitches. The Yankees' first base coach caught on to it. Judge realized that and was looking to the first base coach to like see exactly what was going to come. That's totally legal. That is like it was on Jay Jackson. And if that happened to Lance Lynn, I would tell him, stop tipping your pitches. That is a you thing, not an Aaron Judge thing. Plunking Aaron Judge would not solve anything. That would just make matters worse. Um it like no player or team should just they should have an they should not have an issue with this whatsoever. This is not another Astros situation. To Lance Lynn, I say this. Enough. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Lance Lynn's gonna get a chance to face the Yankees, who are red hot now, somewhat inexplicably. Maybe it's the Greg Allen factor. Uh, in a couple weeks, he comes to Yankee Stadium with the White Sox next week to start June. So if you want, if you're still mad about something that happened in a series, you weren't in and you want to hit Aaron judge. Uh, he's a pretty big target. You're going to have your opportunity, but I really hope you don't. I sincerely hope that you do not do that. Uh, same podcast. Jason Kipnis gets on and says, he's talking about the Mets this week. And he says, they don't have leadership in that locker room. And somebody says, what about Lindor? And he says, they don't have leadership in that locker room. He repeats it for emphasis. Lindor's wife wrote, quote, my husband is such a classy person, would never say what a bully Kipnis was in the clubhouse. Sounds like a true leader versus the opposite of a leader. Lindor didn't want to say anything, but his wife certainly did, made plain. Who's the villain here? I don't know, but Lindor comes out and walks off the Guardians this week as the Mets heat up. What did you make of this? And and this podcast seems to be sort of a hotbed for recently retired former players to just get on and, and go off. I don't know. Maybe AJ Brzezinski being there just makes them comfortable. But uh, yeah, there's wow. some interesting discourse going down. here. No, there's some big time uh, discourse going down on that podcast. And I guess good for those guys, but um, I have plenty of thoughts on it. Um, and it's, it boils down to this. Kipnis, his comments were really strange. Um, he was with Lindor when he was a young guy with the guardians. Um and it's been a long time since he shared a locker room with him. And I thought his comments were, they were out of line. Um, but I will give him credit because so often we see um, people come up with these just outlandish takes. They realize it's a mistake and then they double down on it because they can't admit they were wrong. Um, that happens more than I'd like to admit. Um, but he real he said it. He realized it was a mistake, and he apologized to Lindor uh, publicly. And 
I thought that was a real, just like a, a classy move. Um, and I don't know how many people necessarily would have done that. So good job by Kipnis for realizing mistake. But still, um, it is pretty funny that Kipnis poked the bear like that. And then not even 24 hours later, uh, Lindor ended up walking off his former team. That just uh, is that is that karma, Adam? Is it, would you call it karma? It might be. You're, you're seeing a lot of karma these days in the in the NBA playoffs in the Eastern Conference Finals with Grant Williams, uh, one of the least important members of the Boston Celtics, getting in Jimmy Butler's face and then getting dominated for the final five minutes of Game Two of the Eastern Conference Finals. It's about time baseball stole some of that momentum and and had a little karmic. Uh, shit talking payback and, and gets on the same. It, basically, it's gonna be tough for May baseball to steal headlines from the NBA. But every time uh, these two these players uh, want to get each other's faces, get close, it helps. Uh, so shout out and again shout out to Kipnis for saying, you know what, I made a mistake and I I apologize. Um, that's gonna be me in a couple months once Dalton Varsho finally gets it going. Uh, but until then, I'm still gonna say Diamondbacks uh, win that trade. Varsho hitting seventh this weekend. I don't know. I, I don't know. Hey, you know what? That 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 trade eventually, I, I think, is going to turn around. Varsho is too good. Um, but man, I, I mean, you're not wrong though when you say that the Diamondbacks have been the early winners of that trade. Both both those guys that got back, Goriel and uh, Gabriel Moreno, uh, look like studs. Um, so shout out to the Diamondbacks. That was a very sneaky good trade by um, by Mike Hayes into that front office. Yeah, I definitely don't doubt that Varsha is a baller. I'm sure he will find his footing. But the amount of people from Toronto that told me just there was no way he wasn't going to hit the ground running. And, you know, clearly he's taking a little bit more time to adjust. Uh, The Yanks Go Yard podcast this week jumped 99 spots in the Canadian podcast charts. Uh, That can't be good. I, I just you just can't imagine that's good for me. But you know what? I'll I'll be watching my mentions. Uh, before we sign off, the Los Angeles Dodgers are shaking things up a little bit this week by necessity. Uh, they're running out of pitchers. Julio Arias is now on the shelf as well as Dustin May. So that means Gavin Stone comes up today for his second big league start. Faced the Phillies last uh, earlier this month when Bryce Harper came back. That's no fun for anybody. And Bobby Miller, one of their truly top pitching prospects, and all of baseball is coming up for his MLB debut on Tuesday, reportedly. Uh, that's a lot of arms that the Dodgers now have to work with for potential deadline deals or the potential future of their rotation. We talked about how up for grabs that spot and, and those rotation spots are moving forward with Bueller still rehabbing, Kershaw going year to year, Arias entering free agency. Ryan Pepio has been on the shelf all year, still working his way back from injury. So, You've now got Miller and Stone and Pepio on the back burner. Um, do we think all of these guys are still here by August 1st? Yes. That is my, that is my official answer. Um, the Dodgers, they were very clear, both privately and publicly throughout the spring, that this was going to be the season that they needed the young guys to step up. And... Um, they, they need these guys and they need them now. They need them going in the long haul too. Um, they are going to be pitching meaningful innings. They're also, um, this is going to be a long-term thought by me. Let's say that the Dodgers, they go out and sign Shohei Otani. That is going to be a absolutely mammoth contract. Um, and that is going to limit the amount that they can spend on different other parts of the roster. Um, you're going to need young guys, and you're going to need cheap guys 
to fill out the rest of the roster. And those three just so happen to be very talented players who have extremely high upside. And I can't see the Dodgers being in any hurry to move any of those guys because they're extremely important to their that organization, both now and going forward. Uh, so I don't think this is necessarily a showcase. I think this is them debuting and a sign that they are going to be here for the long haul. So I would not anticipate a trade. But that being said, you never know. Things could change, but I am not anticipating that being the case. Nor am I, and I am excited to see Miller in action. I think, I don't know what it is. I, I perceived him as being smaller than he is. He's 6'5", and he throws 100-plus miles an hour. Uh, <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm excited to see Miller beast. Um, he showed, uh, he faced Otani, I believe, last spring training in one of the games played at Dodger Stadium. Uh, and it was sort of just a showcase for his abilities. So, uh, yeah, let's get it going. Why not? The Dodgers seem to be dedicated to the youth movement. They're at the portion of, a, you know, every franchise faces this fork in the road where they have to replenish from within a little bit. And then you get to go out and get the big guns again. That's where the Dodgers are. And, oh, oops, they're still in first place in the NL West. So not really going to be talking smack on them anytime soon. No, it's probably not a good idea to be doing that because that organization, the, the, this was supposed to be like the year that, Maybe things started going down a little bit just because they lost, obviously, Trey Turner. They lost a couple other pieces, but they still found a way. They're in first place. They look as good as ever. Um, it's unbelievable. Um, and um, getting updates on Hunter Dozier, I would imagine he's going to have a decent market. There we go. Uh, I always liked Hunter Dozier. I, I don't know. Again, maybe it's somebody you don't watch every day, and so you're uh, you're thinking that they still have these abilities from two or three years ago. But um, Hunter Dozier, top pick, first-round pick back in the day, and uh, feels like the kind of bench glue that you want on a good team. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, he's, uh, from everything that I've gathered, he's a very good teammate, obviously a talented guy, just things did not work out in Kansas City. I got it. Like, I would fully imagine he's going to sign on somewhere probably get a, a major league deal i would think um and who knows maybe it could end up being the spark that some team needs um don't necessarily know who that could be quite yet um but still like when's the last time you saw the kansas city royals of all teams eat that much money like that is just not in their dna um so that's i don't know just surprising yeah no i don't remember ever seeing that and and they clearly need a hard reset so anything that's not tied down there is probably in danger of departing and apparently even things that are tied down there like hunter dozier apparently are going to be able to find new homes this year so uh watch the watch the royals watch the white Sox at the deadline and just as importantly watch the baseball insiders at the deadline approaching the deadline pre post postseason winter meetings we are here for you twice a week Every Monday and Thursday, 3.30 Eastern, every podcast platform and an audio feed. After that, you can catch up with us on video or audio. If you're here, please subscribe. Hit that like button. Uh, I don't like to say smash that like button, just not my style. But, hey, look, if you're a like button smasher, smash that like button. Uh, we we passed the 1,000 subscriber threshold this past week. That means big things are coming, but it doesn't mean that you all should not subscribe because we're not satisfied. We want more. Um, and until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib, fan-sided's own insider, Robert Murray, who followed the Hunter Dozier scoop during the show. Uh, we could not do the show without you, and uh, we won't. That, that's the best part. We don't have to. Well, thank you for that, because I enjoy doing the show. And if you guys did the show without me, I'd be kind of sad. 
Um, but no, we always appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. Um, and also for a thousand subscribers and allowing us to get a lot of different things. Um, especially the DraftKings thing. No, I think that's extremely cool. Uh, we appreciate all you see you what Thursday, Adam. Yeah, I'll see you Thursday. Hopefully all the rest of you come back. We'd love to see you again on Thursday. And the best way to find out when we're going live, we might be a minute tardy. Obviously, Burger called us out today. It happens sometimes. We don't want it to. But uh, if you want to get the alert, then follow us and subscribe because that's the only way you'll get it. Uh, for Robert, I'm Adam. Take care, everybody. See you again on Thursday. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.